You are listening to WolfNet Radio, where combat boots and shorts are suggested, but not required, like your cooling vest. I will be your host for this sultry evening. I am Matthew the Bloodbath Barons. Joining us this evening, we have Calling with the Krulls, Andrew the Minnow Krull. Welcome to the show again. And Aaron the Coach Krull. Welcome to the show again. Is Andrew usually in front of me, or am I usually in front of Andrew? You know, I... I I, I mean, I'm taking it before beauty. I, I get that. All right. I knew I knew this episode was going to get a little hairy like that. And uh, maybe you should just take a... Is that a dog whimpering? I just, I just, you know... Okay, okay. How many dogs are in the room besides not mine? Well, That's one. 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 Look, as long Pay as, attention to me. As long as the puppy rolls dice, that's fine. I don't know if that's... She might choke on the dice. Well, I just get some big furry ones and make it roll them. I gotta see this. Well, no one's gonna see this. Oh, uh, fuck what, me. What is that thing? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Is it like a is it like a man purse dog? That's a man purse dog. It's a belly dog. Belly dog. <laughs> Strap on dog. <laughs> it can sit. It can sit right there on the shelf. Yeah. Is it, oh, is hey. it really? With so your miles? do we do we have to have like a disclaimer for the show now? Because we were told at Gen Con that a lot of kids listen to the show, and now when they say kids, like I don't know what they mean. I have been holding back my language. And you know, I like to swear like a sailor, even though I'm a grunt. Okay, well, I'm just going to give a disclaimer. A very a very loose one. It says, okay, if you are under the age of 14 and you are listening to this show, there's going to be very few moments where a swear word will come out. Don't repeat those <laughs> swear words. Now, I say 13 because I'm old school and I'm pretty sure every like nine-year-old out there like says these words like crazy but you might want to look <gasps> at the requirements for that maybe <laughs> oh my god it's a seth hi seth seth hey. seth you're awesome he's just gonna stand in the door all james dean like and watch me that's, seth. that's cool seth, oh thank you yeah there you go stuff. get the smoking pose i like it hey 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 cool get, get seth on the show no we're not gonna get seth on the show what he does not, not want to be on a Battletech podcast. He doesn't even want to be on an X-Wing podcast. The only is... podcast he wants to be on are where they discuss trashy romance novels, and it is fucking fantastic. Well, fans, it is your night tonight because we are talking about trashy romances in Battletech. That's right. We've got Grace and oh! Carlisle, and we've got Lori. Segway of the month. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have a little trashy romance come with... Uh, decision at thunder rift whether you like it or not matt hats off dude that was nice you did so that. you get seth back in there with his long golden locks of hair and tell him i'm making coffee or something just anything even if he just snorts at us that's fine come on not gonna happen. Like, what are you gonna have him not gonna happen it'll be fine though but that was that was a fucking awesome damn it that was a freaking awesome segue. <laughs> I learned by watching you. Oh, this is going to be so hard. 
Anyway. Oh, nobody said that's what she said. Because that's what she said. Especially as the drinks continue to go down. All right. Anyways, we have a great show tonight. We're going to talk about uh, Decision at Thunder Rift starting off. Especially since Tommy's not here. Oh. So, Tommy, love you. Andrew, what was that that Tommy had a problem with? We we lost Tommy. A Sibco incident. Oh, yeah, the Sibco blew up or melted down, something like that. Tommy's got some trouble with the youngins. It was like smoke jaguar all over again. Too soon. Sad, but but Tommy's got his priorities right. So that's, that's all that matters. Anyway, hi, everyone. Yeah, good evening. We're <laughs> off to a rolling start. <laughs> so you guys were reading Decision of Thunder Rift, huh? Yeah. I, I'm about halfway, Andrew. Did you get all the way through it? I finished it. Yep. Bugger. Good. I remember most of it. <laughs> yeah. It's the... Uh, it's, right, starting off, give us the intro baseline of who wrote, who wrote it? it. Who wrote it? God, I gotta look that up. Didn't Keith, Keith write it? Keith. Yep. Keith. William Keith. Yep. Mm. Oh, don't Google it. <laughs> be a be a man and own up to your. I already told you. I don't know inaccuracies. I just started reading the damn book. You've been touching William the thing Keith. for. You've been touching the thing for like a this week. This isn't the first time you've read Decision at Thunder Rift, is it? No, this is like the third. Okay. This would be my second, I believe. It's been a lot, a lot of years. It's been a while. It's been a while since I read it, and I enjoyed the I, hell out of it. I enjoyed it, but for you made a you made a comment in in uh, our, our clientnet chat. The book was a little bit difficult to follow because of the night day cycle on Trail One. Yes, it is like trying to discover the new mathematics that children are learning these days. You have to cover first first morning, first first afternoon, second second evening, third tertiary, um, sextuple. Uh, I think like late the night. year was forty seven days, but it, it was it, it's that was the hard part for me. Yes, and I'm usually pretty good with math, but. This one, I, and I was just, I was reading it for fun. I wasn't really trying to dive into it all that much. But when it, it's not untypical, and I and I like it. I, I do about the different rotation cycles. Um, oh, yeah. Taryn's standard time and how that, how does that calendar year that we we currently look at, how does that fit into other planets and other settlements when their rotation cycle doesn't match a 24 hour window. And, and right. I'm going to piggyback that with seasons too, because it'll be like colder than negative 20. And then all of a sudden midday, it'll be scorching, scorching desert. And then it'll freeze again. And that is very interesting where you would go from, one day to the next, and you'll see all the seasons, but it'll be extremes. It'll it's be from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, don't you know? Yeah, don't you know? Sure, you betcha. <laughs> um, 
And I remember that. I <laughs> Do you think that took away from the story or added to the story? I think it added to the diversity of it. I, I, I like, it was fun to, to, to have some of that. Cause then you start to think about, well, how are the mechs going to perform with footing, you know, ice, dry lake bed, sand. And I mean, when you start to delve into it, if, if you really get into the nitty gritty of, well, that's really going to suck for being in a cockpit with a lot of heat. Um, or if it's super cold, I mean, you're going to run a fish in a snot. It's awesome. For me, it was it was distracting. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that it's there. I like the fact I liked the confusion that it caused me to mm-hmm. a certain degree in that trying to cope with a couple of days of, of sunlight. And then you go into a couple of days of darkness and that would be like spring. And then you go into a couple of days of, of sunlight and a couple of days of darkness and that would be winter. And then the, the spring happens where you watch the, the, the clouds, you, you can see in the distance, the cloud growth because of a warming trend. I forget again, there's, for me, it was confusing. I got kind of the, the the steps of what happened in the planet. It was it was very it, and it changed different. a lot all, all the time and and, a, and different color of terrain too because like the the uh, the vegetation was a blue and green and then you had the red red sun. giant sun. Yeah. Oh, talk about Christmas all over again. <laughs> so it's it. I liked it. But at the same time, it was distracting. I don't know if that makes a whole lot It does lot make of sense because um, then you're, you're not staying with the, the, the threat or the, the immediate sinking in of the story. It's not holding you like on the edge. It's like you have um, a portion of action and then it dulls. And you have a portion of action and it dulls because you keep throwing in these timelines of there's a a description of the time and the place and the location and and I still kind of like that because it, it gives you that diversity but yeah it, it does I, I I can agree with that I can see that it makes sense that it it stops you in your tracks of like oh are they gonna are they gonna make it in the jeep and get away like oh no we're gonna talk about the trees again we're gonna talk about <laughs> the color of the sun like yeah, that's nice, but get back to the to the to the bullets flying and the and you know whatever's next. But all the elements. <clears throat> and I mean, I don't. And I I don't mean by any means to say that a BattleTech novel has a predefined course of action, if you will. But mm-hmm. it had it had character development. It had the intrigue. It had political. Um, on a on a bigger scale than the planet, um, the mech combat, mech description, um, mech damage, that kind of thing. It was it, after I, reading the latest books. It, it's it's a little off 
um, from what you would expect things to look like, or, or as you read what you would expect? Come on, get like a standard. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback that with a side note of like I remember like a laser with coherent light and the 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 protective screen of the mech would would um, uh, dim oh, so that it would protect you know your vision. And then it wouldn't come back on because it's still being affected with a headshot. And then you'd have to mess with the computer and reset your 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 system to reboot or something. And that makes sense. Like there's going to be some trips and triggers and and uh, faults with a mech. And that's pretty good detail that I like to see. And then like if there was an impact of a laser on the hip of like the wasp or the stinger, it it explained and described a. Uh, um, shattering effect or ribbons of uh, flaking of the the armor coming down on the on the ground or, or just, a few gobules like like current books you hear about um, gobules of, of armor like it's running like a weld or like uh, flux or something gobules yeah globules yeah globules. basically basically what I mean and I I haven't reread it but I can just tell you i mean it's the start of the great death legion or the great death uh <laughs> yep. storyline yep for those of you who didn't know what decision that thunder rift is it's it's grayson carlisle and his dad and they're on trail one but this book was written in uh hold on give me a second here oh long time ago 1986 i was five years old the writing styles from 1986 to now are drastically different. And I guess that's, that's kind of where I was going with is, is that it, it's, it's a unique, it, it's a unique thing of going back in history and reading right? compared to, uh, I'm sorry, I'll bring it up. Blaine's, Blaine's latest book, Forever Faithful. The, uh, again, we, we've said this before, Call me, you know, Blaine fanboy, whatever. Forever, Blaine, fanboy. I believe, set a new bar. I I thoroughly enjoyed that book. But I think to enjoy the book in the breadth of what Blaine did there, you needed to have read the Twilight of the Clan series. Oh, yes. you have to. Yes. And he says that in the beginning of the book. But what I'm saying is, this is also when Battletech was like brand new. I mean, the game just you're, came out. You're, abs you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. It's we're looking. We're looking at, you know, the el evolution of Battletech as as uh, fiction. Yeah, like he's <laughs> William Keith was like throwing darts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, <laughs> he didn't. There was no Mech Warrior game. There was no. I mean. There was like what twelve total mechs out. <laughs> so yeah, who knows? Um, I, One interjection. I think. I think um, did you notice that the 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 trail one name of the planet has changed spelling? Oh, that doesn't surprise me. It's the, interesting how in the book it was. Um, 
you're, you're going to cause me to go down another avenue that I don't know. Well, I mean, we're getting well, saucy. It, it, we're, we've we're already got saucy, so I mean, yeah, I guess we're, I could we're say not it, we're not we're not nick and pick. We're not picking anything that's bad. We're just noticing deviation, which is fun because it shows, like we're talking about, it shows the evolution. <clears throat> now, so let me ask you a question: Did you guys read the reprinted book or the original book? I read the reprinted book. The print the on original. demand. You had the Andrew had the original. Yeah, I've I've read both. Okay. I, I and again, like I'm saying, battles like fiction. Fiction is battles like fiction. It's all great. It's awesome. Yeah. But I will say, for either those who are just coming into the game, or even those who are have been in forever, it is different. Yes. Um. This was uh, from what I remember. Decision of Thunder Rift was. It almost like they went too far into um, explanations of battle mechs and cockpit and this and that, but they had to, right? Like we read a book today, like everyone who picks up a Battletech fiction book is like, oh yeah, I know what a battle mech cockpit is and I know what this is. I know what a medium laser is. And Back then they didn't. So when you go in depth into like the reflective surface dimming while a medium laser, like he was just building this up from scratch, which is awesome. Cause he, it came out of nowhere and it was great. I think he nailed it. He did. But and that, that set the bar, like we talked about. And now it's, I mean, there's, 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 there's small nuances. I mean, they talked about, um, one of the, the, the last battle, um, going against, uh, Lori, Kalmar going against the Red Duke in, in Thunder Rift. And uh, she fell in her, in the Locust. Yeah. And it, it talks about when she gets up that she doesn't understand, she doesn't remember, and this is paraphrasing and I'm getting it all wrong, but the gist of it was is the machine gun on the arm was not operational and it looked like the ammo had exploded in that arm. Now, anyone who's played the game, <laughs> knows that if the machine gun ammo goes up, you don't have a mech. <laughs> There's not much left. <laughs> I don't care where the ammo is stored, whether it's in the arm or in a leg, wherever, it pretty much cores the mech according to the way you know damage transfers. It's, so, gutted. it's gutted like a like a walleye. Pro tip, am, uh, machine gun ammo should be stored in the head. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that today. <laughs> that was clever. I like that. Yeah, because it makes no difference then because it's all explode anyways. So she becomes his wife too. Later, yep, later, later on. on. Now, that fun fact is that do opposites attract when you are a infantryman with a missile launcher and you say, Please get out of your Mac before I like set you on fire. And later on in life, will you be mine? <laughs> I'm going to go with anyone in a light mech faced with a Inferno loaded <clears throat> missile at point blank range. Yeah. Um, uh, but you got to remember, though, too. I mean, how her folks died. Her that's folks right. died in a fire. That's right. So, so there's, there's traumatic there, there's trigger. A, there's, yeah, there's a there's a psychological thing that's going on there, and you know the anyone anyone who's anyone knows you know the, the number one problem in a mech is heat. 
And when you get into the heat of a battle and your mech is, is operating at what you would consider normal temperatures and an infernal round goes off, as you guys have so hmm. Hmm. adequately showed in Alpha Strike as of late with plasma cannons, you did Super sucks, bro. <laughs> that, uh, Tommy, it, Tommy. That's a big good deal. Job. Good that's, job, that's Tommy. That's a big deal. Good job, Tommy, with the plasma cannons. Good job. It also becomes harder to fire an Inferno uh, missile out of a, uh, a missile launcher uh, when a beautiful blonde-haired uh, woman climbs out of a mech naked. Well, half she naked. She wasn't naked. Pretty half. much. Half naked. Well, I'm pretty sure there was some growing pains in a bikini, on. basically. I mean, yeah, that's, the, that's the, hair, I the hair was Eden? covering the bust. Did, I don't recall. Hold I'm on pretty now. sure she was naked. Now, now that we're talking about no, no, it. No, she had, boot, that, she, had, she had slippers on. She had slippers on, a bikini bottom, or some type of underwear. And it was hair that was covering the bust. Do we is Was there a conversation in that book about a cooling vest? Now that we're talking about it, I don't recall anywhere in the book or in any battles talking about a cooling vest. I'm going to go with not tarnishing my 14-year-old memory of a beautiful blonde woman crawling out of a locust <laughs> uh, half-naked. So no, she was wearing nothing. And you guys will never convince me otherwise. Wow. <laughs> no, she was not wearing a cooling vest, which probably also added to the fact that she was not going to take an inferno missile to the face. No, that, that's that's true too. I just <laughs> I, I don't recall in the book at all talking about cooling vests, which is almost a required piece of equipment. I'm gonna, I'm especially I'm with that, except, especially pre-secession war when you didn't have double heat sinks and you actually uh, had. No. Know how to play and how to manage heat, not like whoa, whoa, new whoa, shit whoa, where you whoa. just go out and shoot hold, everything all the time the and bus. get happy. Hold the bus. Did you say when you actually knew how to play? Mm. I like this. This sounds like a challenge. We're still waiting for that to happen, so don't worry about it. Oh, hey, hey, hey update, oh. update hey, interlude. The, the, the bet is still on. Has has Minnesota chosen a third? We have not yet. I haven't even talked to Marvin since we got back. Hell, Marv's trying to trying to sabotage and come over to Iowa. From what oh, I heard he the is. other day, yeah, he he's apparently he saw your dice rolling the other night, and he's like, "Can I just can I just be on Iowa's team?" <laughs> you know, Marv's a Hawkeye fan. Oh, I don't care about that. That's too soon, dude. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, my, yeah, my wife didn't want to talk about the score either, too, when I asked her when she got home from the party. Like, oh, how did the, the game go? If there's but any Hawkeye fans in the in the, in the uh, listening audience, uh, you, you can go suck a big fat one. So, Suck a big fat one. <laughs> and go Hawkeyes. Go Hawkeyes. You guys know you should have lost that game. You know, when I was deployed every time, we always had a call sign of Hawkeye. Now is that in reference to the only person that's like on like the the no, mash that's, days? That's that's in reference to like every one of our convoys with Iowa was a Hawkeye convoy. Hawkeye three one. It's because Iowa State guys were all Air Force. <laughs> wow. That's because that's because they need that wow. lightly they need that lightly leisured pampering. <laughs> Anyways, back on the ranch. Now you brought up a good point. Andrew, that 
I always do. Well, okay. anyways. <laughs> so you brought up a good point that a cooling vest was never mentioned. Here is a good challenge for the fans. When, in what said book, written by what author, was the first cooling vest in Battletech fiction written about? You have the answer for that? Because I don't. I'll find it. Oh, Jesus. This, this, this podcast is about receiving questions and giving answers or making answers. Questions. Hold on. Chris, uh, one of my roommates at Gen Con. Chris is Hold awesome. On. Chris in is an earlier episode. In an earlier episode, you guys talked about a book where a wraith was at the bottom of the river. That was Eris Song. And he had his wraith um, basically laying on his back so that he had more or less a, a diving bell. Diving bell, yep. In the cockpit. Was that not binding force? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. God, I can I can strictly I can hey. strictly remember the front of the, the, the book. It's it's yep. yep. Now I don't know if you guys know this or if this is just a happy accident. <laughs> But what was the first Battletech fictional novel published? Oh, that was Sword and Dagger. Wrong. What? Wrong. You know, it is highly what, debated by What everybody. book are we discussing tonight? Decision of Thunder Rift. That is the first published Battletech <clears throat> novel. I'm, I'm going to agree with that because everybody resorts to this one, even though the timeline, like there's, there's two types of people when they talk about the, the history of fiction, there's the, the group that goes by the timeline of the history of sword hey. and dagger with the hey. year. Hey. And then there's also Sarna isn't always right. Stand by. Stand by. Always- I said, stand by. <laughs> And then there's the other type that says that they go by the actual published, you know, of the first book. So there's there's two types there, and it, neither one's wrong. They both Wikipedia, have their opinion. That's Wikipedia fine. published September 1986. Decision at Thunder Rift. Author William H. Keith Jr. Yep, that's Sword right. and Dagger published April 1987. Boom. I know, giving you a hard time. That is interesting that you guys literally picked the first published fiction of of BattleTech. Your dog's giving you a hard time on this podcast, barking. Hey, hey, hey! Can I answer the question? <laughs> Was there a cooling vest mentioned in Decision at Thunder Rift? No, I don't believe. Ooh, it scratch that one off the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. scratch There's- that one off the of the one hundred freaking novels that are out there. <laughs> Uh, yep. I'm yep. I'm going uh, I'm going I'm hammering the over on uh, it's sword and dagger. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably correct. <laughs> hey, hey, they're wearing a cooling vest in the photograph in, in the in the illustration on the front of the, the book of Sword and the Dagger. I'll go okay. with that. That's can a good wager. Can we just give some props to William H. Keith Jr.? Yes. Decision yeah. at Thunder Rift, Mercenary Star. The Price of Glory. Uh, that looks like it's about it. And those are some good uh, cover arts, too. Some of those are done by Boris Vallejo. Uh, that would be a good question. I, I do not know that one. But 
What was and, listening? Oh to? man, Keith like started off strong, and then I'm just not seeing Jack from him. Well, you know, people get oh, busy. Oh, oh, tactics of duty. Oh, such a good one. Tactic of duty yeah, is a good well, one. They have infiltrator It's awesome. Decision Op- up under rift. Operation Star, Excalibur. Price of glory. Blood of heroes. Tactics of duty and Operation Excalibur. All books dealing with Greydeath Legion. That's that's nice. pretty solid. It's and it feels like uh, nobody else could touch Grey Death unless they got Keith Spanish. <laughs> could you say? Could you say he's the leading authority in Grey Death fiction? I think so. I would. Uh, yes, absolutely. You have a new title. Is he still alive? Still no, alive. I so. I, he is. I don't see a, a oh, I don't the, see a dash and the, then another four digit number. So <laughs> who was the artist who passed away here not too long ago? Um, within like the last five years. Oh shoot! Um, he was a big time BattleTech artist. Anyway, I'm sorry, way off tangent. I apologize. Vaughn. Anyway, um, what are we talking about? That's actually I'm I'm gonna go with you guys are safe on sword and dagger. Yeah, I'm gonna, Going back to the list, not not to ruin your your uh, half-assed trivia question there, but half-assed, half-assed. You know, if I had your half-ass, I would have ass all. I have only no have ass. half an ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since we're talking about the Gray Death Legion, what were the highlights of the book you enjoyed the most? I already told you mine. I enjoyed the combined <laughs> arms. <laughs> oh, oh, the the lovely Lori climbing yep. out of the mech is well, your 15-year-old dream. Not naked, but pictured naked. Okay. <laughs> Sadly, she was beaten out by a vivacious redhead, but she's yeah. very, very close. Hey, we, st- we still need that body pillow. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. If anyone has any ideas of sending us a body pillow of <laughs> Natasha Kerensky, you don't need to. I mean, you like don't have sex with your wife anymore. Oh, well, what yeah. do you mean? Don't want to? That's, that's I said I even, will, that's not, but I mean, that's not even on the list. Just don't do it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's just the permission. If you're going to send it to the store, don't send it to my home. <laughs> Why is he staying at the store so much? <sighs> no, 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 no. It's just that's where all my stuff gets delivered to. And fans, if you'd like to uh, leave nope, a question, nope. comment, or rebuke. <laughs> Well, you can let us know at uh, um, that radio yes. podcast. To go back to your original statement, um, the fact that Carlisle's um, oh, what the hell was the name? Carl uh, of the original Mara, Mara? Huh? Commandos. Carlisle's Commandos. Carlisle's Commandos. Mostly, That's right. Was mostly a like infantry uh, mercenary unit. Like yes. I think they had what two mechs? They no, they had a lance. They had a lance. Oh, they, that's right. The Marauder. They had a, they had a lance of mechs. Marauder. Uh, they actually, hold on, stop talking a minute. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> in one of the new box sets, there is a sto- the, the 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 small fiction piece surrounds Carlisle's Commandos. Yes. Ooh, it could. Yeah. He's, I, got, the, could, he's, got, the, he's got the unique. He's got the unique Marauder, the no, Mad Three R. What they were, correct? Mad Three R. It's not. That's not unique by any. <clears throat> well, his is unique. 
Duh. There was a Phoenix Hawk, a Marauder, a Crusader, and a Rifleman, if I'm not mistaken. Shadowhawk. Well, My bad. Shadowhawk. But... You, mean, you mean in the pack? No, the original car, uh, cars. Uh, well, this is Carlisle's Rift. This, uh, hold no, on. Because you have, Rift, you have two wasps, a Shadowhawk, and a Phoenix Hawk. Phoenix Hawk. And, uh, there you go. But mostly they were infantry. They were known for their uh, several platoons of in infantry led by Captain Durant Carlisle. They were, they were very much anti-mech anti -mech and jump infantry. Oh, uh, they were they're very much a security garrison force. Yeah, mm -hmm. they were like, like let's, let's not let's not showboat them anymore. They were like, uh, I need, need you to watch my toy factory because you know the neighboring person. person. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Watchdog. Anyway, I have, I have a side tangent that I want to go on, but oh, oh god, here we go. Everybody, no, no, no. I'll let, I'll let anybody else have anything else to say. Side tangent away, okay. dude. Side send, tangent. Send it. So, everyone's like, you know, the Wolf's Dragoons are like the plot armor of BattleTech. Like nothing can go wrong with them. <laughs> like I disagree, but okay. Uh, they well, just started I mean, slaughtered on Mars. Is, is there no other plot armor bigger than the freaking Great Death Legion? I mean, they never lose, and then like, oh, they just happen to have I me mean, find this huge. Lost Tech Star League like cachet of of all this awesome stuff. Like how how many percentage points is that allowed to happen to a well, mercenary? They're they're not the only one. I mean, the uh, who else found that? Um, Dude, I, mean, I think I think that that's, the dark a really, that's a really good conversation point though. Is is you look at the story arc of BattleTech in what are the units that are movers and shakers? Great Death, Iridon, uh, Northwind Highlanders, Dragoons, right. obviously. But I would also go into Clan Jade Falcon. I'd go Clan Wolf. What? I would go. Um, All right, I'm gonna go. Marshall. I'm gonna go. Deadpool breaking the fourth wall into the fourth wall, kind of a thing. Ooh. Has it always been an underlying? theme with Battletech fiction that the mercenary units are way more popular slash moving and shaking of of large events than the actual house units faction. I mean, yes. I think so in yes. in the regard that they're they have no ties. Yeah, they have the freedom to choose and pick what what contracts so you can want. you can have the plot point like uh, take for instance another unit that is a mover and shaker uh, that i would say is a plot point was or could still be comanches caballeros mm -hmm. uh, absolutely fantastic unit to read about so the characters, the characters in that book or uh, the characters in the regiment the characters that come out in the storyline just uh, absolutely enjoy reading about that unit but yes. they were they, they were favorites. contracted to kirita picked up by um you know chisandra kirita mm -hmm. who is Ooh. you know a cousin but an eccentric individual in and of himself and it's just it, it they make it very interesting 
as far as a plot point goes of, of how they can move the story and not trump or step on potentially other story arcs that are going on because they're mercenary, right? right? It's, Aaron, it's an interesting point. I mean, now that you've mentioned it and you stated it, you have to go back and you look at all the story plots. Mercenaries play a significant plot point. Huge. In in the in the arc and in the storyline of BattleTech, and it's it's also funny. Like I wonder, I, I don't know what the breakdown will be, but how many how many fiction books are written about mercenary units compared to um, <clears throat> house units or or clan units? Calhoun's another one, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it. I mean, I get it. They're easier to write about. They're more interesting to write about. It's just, but at the same time, it's very interesting to see the population or the, the community of Battletech. Like, I think we're really the only ones that like full blown are like Wolf's Dragoons all in. Or you don't see like the Kelhound fanatic. Like everyone's like, I'm Fed Sons. I'm, you know, uh, Lyle. Or I'm, they take... They take the sides of houses, but at the same time, houses aren't written about or clans, or clans. Or but clans. they're not written about as much as the mercenaries are. I'll agree with that. It's just it's just a very interesting that. dynamic that I just literally thought of right now. Because they fit in, they fit in those niches of the workhorses of the houses when the dirty work or the hard push needs to happen. And the house is out of position, or well, they don't want to commit, and that is the interesting—the point that those right. mercenary units will fill in and do that hard job. And not to required. deep dive into psychology, or, yeah, but not to deep dive into psychology or anything. But like, <laughs> <laughs> does it like you know? You have Jacobus Combine, you have Lyle, you have Fed Sons, you have you have Steiner. They all have cultural kind of. Uh, differences, and then you have the mercenaries, which is just like you know, we're free. Well, not, I mean, but you know, the price of the dollar kind of thing. I wonder if that plays a little bit into like you know what your personal allegiances are. It'd be interesting to to hear. You know what? There, there you go. There's there's topic discussion. When you guys listen to this uh, in the next couple of days on the Wolfnet Radio Podcast Facebook page. Just give us a, like a little brief description of what what got you to be that allegiance. You know, I'd be interested to know. Like, was it a certain book? Was there a certain you know how they how they organize what their culture is? Um, even if it's like I love this battle mech and they're the only ones that make it. <laughs> well, and, and I was just I was Aaron. I was actually just going to say that of it's it would be interesting to me. Because when we started the whole Wolfnet regiment, what's your favorite mech? And the amount of conversation that went around, well, what's the mission? No. The question was, what's your favorite mech? Now, hmm. for me, it's it, it, that's a no-brainer. I have a mech. I pilot it all the time. If I have a choice, that's the mech I'm taking. Yeah. But People seem to have, or people seem to be able to, to gravitate and to 
really attach themselves to a house, which in my, in my humble opinion has so many more far reaching dichotomies to accept within yourself to say, I identify as a fed sons player. I identify as a Merrick player versus I pilot a Thunderbolt. <laughs> yeah. You know, you that, know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's just it, that whole, it, it's still, and I mean, we're a year and a half into this. That conversation still bothers me about what's your favorite mech? And <laughs> people and, can't just, and, I'm and their, their fed son's roll table just throws up like, okay, what, what was the mission? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> it's like, it's your mech. It's just, you get one. Like, I'll, I'll throw, uh, a, throw a shout out to Drew for being a fed fed son. And like, I get it. Like, I get the allegiance to 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 the houses or the clans. Even I mean, they're they're they are diehard house and clan like guys, and their their passion runs just as deep as you know Andrew and I's does for the Wall Street Goons. It's just. I, I I wondered that, like, because most of the, you know, say what you will, fluff fiction is the glorification of mercenaries. And it's well, interesting to me that people pick and choose not to go, oh, that's awesome. They're like, no, I'm going to go with Fed Sons. Like, I'm, I'm, all, <laughs> I'm all Steiner, baby, you know, Tharkad for life. Uh, it's, it's just interesting to me. It can be. A it community. is. No, be Aaron, a you're share, absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. I, I think there's a very, very large psychological uh, paper that could be written on uh, <laughs> the choosing of your of your BattleTech fiction. Uh, uh, I don't think you're wrong. House. I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, you want to talk about uh, anyone who's in college or trying to go for their masters? Talk about a very interesting thesis of oh. you know what. How does a person identify? And, you know, that's, again, we've, we've hit on this before. And, you know, I'll say it again. One of the, the huge reasons that I love the game of Battletech is all of the, you know, you have the five major houses. You have, what is it, 2017 major clans. Now, not so much, depending upon how the whole... Um, 23 war of reaving turns out and in, mm -hmm. in how the home worlds look, but you look at all the minor um, periphery States, you look at mercenaries, major houses, clans, the, the foresight that the writers had and the people who created Battletech, how they stratified or, identified all the different houses and all of their different tenants, if you will, or principles, it makes it really easy for people to find something that they can identify with, which oh, yeah. once you get into the story and you start reading about these things, you, you can really quickly find a place where you would say, I fit in here. And you get people who, I mean, I've seen and been a part of almost fisticuff conversations <laughs> about 
well, my faction is this or my faction is that. And I mean, there's really, really strong feelings. And when you, the, the funniest thing, thing too, you're in it, you could take a step back and I appreciate that. I, I enjoy the fact that people, no matter what walk of life you are, no matter where you come from, if you come into this game system, you can find a faction that you can relate to and embrace, and it feels like home. Like, right? Even like clan mongoose. Like there are some diehard clan mongoose people. Have you, you ever like, got, have you guys ever met any guys who are Marian Hemogeny or Serenity Federation fans? Looks like Max. He's huge Taurian Concordant. Oh, oh, <laughs> dude, his three fifty. His three fifty is built around, and it has to be vehicles, Torian produced units. <laughs> but I mean, and they're like, no joke. He's got a pretty good three fifty already, and he's tweaking a few things. But that was his. That was his measure. My 350 is going to be a Torian specific. <laughs> but there's group. like almost zero fiction. Like, I mean, there's like field manuals and stuff like that. But like, there was no fiction or anything like written about it specifically that that made a big splash. And I'm just like, how does how do they find that outlier and just latch onto it? Like, it's like that's mine. You know, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, yeah, like just outlying uh, clans or like they're like uh, some obscure. I mean, even you can even say, I mean, at least Cabarellos Camachos has a whole book written about them. Well, they have a couple, actually. Well, a couple. Three or four yeah. books. Like how many people, and then there's just the opposite. Like how many people are like all in Cabarellos Camachos except for Matt? Yeah, but, like. You, <laughs> it's it's just it's I don't know it's, it's a very psychologically weird thing that I love about BattleTech. It's like like you said, there's a home for everyone. Like there is a unit was, uh, for everyone. That was a uh, Victor Milan, Milan, Milan. Yeah. Yep, Milan. And and he's he's passed away. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I think that's he, a bummer. I think, he, I think he did. Let me Google that. R.I.P. Thank you. But I, it's just, I don't know. It, it was something that literally just popped in my head. And I'm like, that is a very interesting, like, dichotomy of a fan. Boy last year. Yes, oh, it was. Geez, I remember that. I remember seeing that. Um, so uh, shout out to Victor for the uh, 17th recon. Camacho's yeah. Caballeros. Uh, yeah, three books. One of my favorite three books. mercenary. Yep, it's a trilogy. I just remember reading about that guy, Yellow Jacket, fucking that with our cowboy, cowboy. cowboy. There you go. <laughs> when he does the flip, when he does the flip and lands on that, uh, on that merchant cart, it was a wasp or stinger? A wasp. 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 That's what it was. That he's, was he's got a that yellow jacket funny. wasp. You know, it's such a great, interesting point of view that you brought up of. How does someone lash on? And it can come, like you said, from um, a random table that they notice they like all the mechs or the vehicles or the aerospace or the the dropships or the interstellar, the, the warships. 
It can be the colors of the totem or the 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 icon, the the creature. It can be the the locations they they possess, it or the characters that they have. It it can be anything, and that's so great that the diversity of the fiction can dictate that everybody will have a place to have fun and follow that, even if there isn't any data. As long well, as there's look, a line, look at, look, you know, look I've, at, I've, like I've brought up in the past too, like there's a unit I want to make that there's no, there's no history. There's no random tables. There's nothing on it. And I want to build that into something and kind of make it my own. Not that, you know, that's important, but the thing is that you can engage and have fun and you can make something out of it. And whether you, whether you have several entities of mercenary unit, clan faction, house faction, and go back and forth, which is fun. Like all the novels have usually two fronts. Usually most of the novels have the, um, one opposing unit and another one or three or four different ones, but it always goes back and forth. If you go from chapter to chapter, it usually alternates. It goes from like, say the Camachos to the Draconis combine, back to the Camachos, back to the Draconis combine and it leapfrogs. So you have that, like you said, that dichotomy, that diversity of going back and forth to keep you interested, but it gives you a little bit of flavor of both sides. And that's the fun part of, of writing that they've established is keep doing that. You know, writers keep keep pulling us in with that hook. You know, keep reeling us in like fish. Well, I'm and, looking at I'm looking at the clans right now, and I look at Clan Blood Spirit, Burrock, Cobra, yeah. Cloud Cobra, Coyote, and Fire Mandrill. Those are the ones that are off the top of my head where I don't necessarily know whether they were with, I don't, I'm almost 98% sure that those clans don't have a novel or are mentioned in a novel. They may have been part of maybe a battle core short story or something like that. Otherwise you only read about them in source books, mm-hmm. like uh, Crusader you know, clans, warden clans, um, invading, well, they wouldn't be invading clans, but Wars no. of Reaving would definitely have some information on them. But there are people who are clan fire mandrill people. Fanatics. Yeah, and not even, well, it just, it's again, fun. it just illustrates the fact that, you know, the, you look at the tomes of the written word for Battletech, and you can pull these fringe elements into the storyline and there are people who are diehard fans. They, they, they are cloud. They identify as a cloud Cobra. They identify as a fire bandrel. I think that's fantastic. I, it just illustrates that the storyline, there is a place for everyone. You know what also I like about that is like like a new new battle tech tech fan meets a battle fan that they've never met before. What's up, Wolf Clan? I'm, I'm like, like oh, oh, I know a lot about you already. 
<laughs> or, or they walk up like Jade Falcon for life, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yep, green and pigeon, <laughs> emerald, emerald pigeon, pigeon baby. baby. I, I get it, I get it. it. You know, yeah. no. it is, it is, it is uh, funny that. Thanks, that, thanks to Mario for all those. <laughs> Keep those coming, Mario. I, it is, it is kind of. That's what I do. As many factions though there are, like if you know Battletech, like if you're in it, like you know all these factions, you know what they're kind of about, you know what the houses are, the mercenaries, the if someone says like they roll up and they're like, I'm uh uh yeah, I'm I'm Wolf in Exile, baby. You're like, okay, all right. I I know a lot like they just tell you what, what kind of personality, personality they, they they want to be. I guess. I guess maybe, maybe they're, they're not, not, but maybe, maybe what they, they want, want to be when they tell you that. So it's it, and that's at what the I same love. time. At the same time, when you say that, the other thing that's really interesting in that is you and I identify as dragoons. What do other BattleTech players view the dragoons as? Glory horse, overpowered <laughs> prima donna. They get to glory everything horse. happens the right way for them. Glory or horse, plot armor. Do they see? Do they see the dragoons as the, as the way you and I see them? Um, probably, probably not. not. But no, I will tell you, traitors. 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 <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think. I think. I think they will get, will get an, an idea, idea of of who we who are. We are. The, the minute we you know, like when we rolled up, what was that? The first year we made the uniforms. Right. Yeah. For Gen, Gen Con. Yeah. I mean, we we, we decked, decked out, out Wolf Wolf's Dragoons uniforms, uh, Zeta and Black Widows. We rolled up, and I don't think anyone in that room had any doubt about our, our mentality. mentality. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. like we're here to win. Uh, we're gonna do it in a semi-fashionable, uh, appropriate way, but. Uh, if shit's going to go down, it's going to go down. Um, I don't, you know what, to tell you the truth, when I put that uniform on, I, I embodied what I think is, is the Black Widows. Now, the Widows are a little different than the Wolf's Dragoons as a whole. Yes. Um, you, but it's, it's so funny that you embody Zeta so much like we like we're we're, we're 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 we are wolf's dragoons but we have a subsection to our and they fit our personalities yeah which is very interesting because to tell you the truth i started out as a Kellhounds fan now i love the Kellhounds, but they were a little too how do i put it self-righteous <laughs> Maybe for me. <laughs> That'd be a pleasant way of putting it, knowing you. <laughs> so so when Andrew at about like 2 a.m. sleeping in a in a hotel room says, you can have the widows. And I was like, yay. Because <laughs> that's that fit my play style. It fit my attitude when I'm on the Battletech board. Uh, it, it's interesting because when you when you do know someone's faction, you can tell, like they the, their play style almost embodies the the uh, the house that they're factioned with. I don't know if it's like for me, I chose the faction because that's how I play, or if it's for other people that 
I chose this faction because I like how they play, so they changed their play style to that. That would be another interesting question. That would be another interesting thing. You know, like Jade Falcons. Of, I mean, currently the Jade Falcons are just fucking crazy. Yes. <laughs> and, That's a fact. <laughs> and that is a fact. Personally, I think Marv fits right in. I think he finally finally found his faction. faction. (laughs) I think Marv started that faction. I I think that was awesome that he won it this year. Uh, That's just Uh, awesome. Yeah, hats off. He he 100% embodies the the 3145 J Falcons. But you know the interesting part about it, though, is that before he won the blood name, he was and identified, or his faction was Ghost Bear. Really? So really? How weird? How weird is that? I no, mean, that, that doesn't. doesn't I tell you that, and now you, based on what you just said, and I tell you that he was a Ghost Bear. I'm sad now. How how weird is that for you? How, that is how, super, how are that you is trying to tie weird. those lines together? No, that's super Here, weird to me. Yeah. Here, Here's exactly. a good question. Here's a good question. If you were going to figure on winning the blood name and never get to play in the blood name again, like, like, like he believes, would you wait for a ghost bear blood name instead of the Jade Falcon? If you identified as that faction, I mean, I can get the ghost bear thing. He has a little bit of a Napoleon complex, uh, thinks he's bigger than he is, you know, kind of, is that for Whoa. me too? Whoa. <laughs> no, you you <laughs> the ghost bears are that way at all. But okay. You are literally. As I'm big interested as... to see where you're going with this. <laughs> well, I am kind of big. Okay, so to me, ghost bears are—they know they have the power, but they don't need to show it. They're slow to advance right? and change. But yeah, that—that's how I—that's how I view the ghost bears. Is like, like we will wreck you. Oh yeah, but the we berserk. don't need we don't need to prove that we will. Yeah, that's that's a fair. I would I would agree to that. I would agree to that. And, and then are, okay. In the now that I, now that I say that, I can see why Marv chose Ghost Bear. Right? Like he he is confident. Like he's like, I will wreck you. But I mean, do I really need to show you that I need to wreck you? Uh, but but I do. And at the same time, though, I I do see Marv fitting in Jade Falcons. Like, absolutely, easily. <laughs> like now that you said that, I absolutely see where you're going with this. Just, I don't know if he fits into that like compassion and patient. No, 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 patient. No, no. He's not patient. He's no. compassionate when it, it, if if you get him in a room by himself, he right. is the nicest guy yeah. ever. But he is a very competitive individual as well, which, which but really up. goes towards that Jade Falcon. <laughs> he Mind wants up. Terra, baby. Really, oh, he wants bad. everything. <laughs> it's not a question of Terra. Everything <laughs> that he sees is his mine, domain. Mine, 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 mine. He's an emerald pit. I, th- I think we just gave a case of like, yes, you can you can fit two personalities, and they and they would both fit each one, but it. it it's interesting. I, I just think I think there's a whole psychological level of who you pick for because like Matt, Matt's ghost bears. Yep. Through and, through. and I would agree to that. And he's he's very patient. He's very 
like very anti-conflict until you put him in a conflict and it's like, all right, I don't need initiative. We're going to end this (laughs) as quickly as possible because then I don't like you doing this. I I don't need initiative (laughs) and I don't care. And I, about my TMM. <laughs> that's right. I'm gonna and I'm gonna come as action. big as I possibly can. <laughs> I'm gonna run all my max at you. That's it. Done. Um, oh wait. But, oh wait. Shoot. You have a trap. Oh no. Again, I would. I would love to have like another 126 comment thread on uh, the WNRP Facebook page on like what what is your what's your insight on why you chose your house unit or your clan yeah, let's, unit let's make let's make it let's make the comments a 126 comment thread on something that <laughs> is fun to talk about and not fucking bases <laughs> I, I i apologize guys i should we oh should we take a commercial break before we do that that's right Let's, let's make the commercial, commercial break, break for I'm a mild beef. I need, I need a new one. So All right. We're going to get All into right. this. I'm going to need a drink. Stay All tuned, right, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have a good commercial for you. All right. Hold on. We'll have some or messages. Matt, do you have a commercial for us? Yes. We'll have some messages on this month in the Battletech universe from our buddy Charles Gideon. Ooh, another one from Charles. Love it. On this episode of WolfNet History Briefs, the death of a coordinator, the ascension of his son to the throne, and one of the darkest moments in the history of mankind. Hello WolfNet, and welcome to this installment of WolfNet History Briefs, where we take a look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm your devoted historian Gideon. Let's get to it. The month is September 2796. Imagine. A lone infantry marksman, prowling deep in enemy territory spots a high-value target. A colonel of the invading force, out for a walk in the beautiful weather, speaking with one of his aides, and who has no idea the resistance fighter is nearby. Slowly, the soldier drops the crosshairs of his laser rifle onto the back of the enemy officer, and with a textbook squeeze of the trigger releases an energy beam that leaves the commissioned man mortally wounded. Except, the dying man wasn't a colonel. The sniper had no way to know this, but the man he just shot was the coordinator of the Draconis Combine, Minoru Kurita himself. The same Minoru Kurita who, a decade earlier, had been the first house leader to declare himself the first lord of the Star Lake after the fall of House Cameron and the Amorous Civil War. The Minoru Kurita, who is behind some of the largest military gains in history, now lay dead at the feet of a Buddhist monk and the rest of his entourage. I'm sure the history buffs out there have caught on that this took place just outside a village called New Snowfield on the planet of Kantaris IV. If the mention of Kantaris doesn't fill you with a deep, dark sense of dread, well, buckle up. It's about to get grim. Minoru's heir, Jinjiro Kurita, who was born in 2747 to Minoru and a concubine known only as Heaven's Gate, ascended to the Chrysanthemum Throne. What happened next technically continues until after September, but I don't really feel like having anyone bring this up again for the next several months. Let's pull the band-aid off. Jinjiro, enraged at his father's assassination, ordered his troops to quote, kill them all. Unquote. 
Anyone who questioned this order was put to death. One thing you really got to give Combine officers credit for, they figure out to not ask questions real quick when the coordinator starts executing generals. So, the first and six swords of light set about the dirty business of wanton murder on a scale almost unfathomable. Over the next roughly five months, 90% of the Qantar's population, over 50 million men, women, and children, were hunted down and summarily executed. That's at the opposite end of the spectrum from decimation. There isn't even a word to describe that kind of slaughter. Because frankly, this sort of thing should never happen. I hear you now, Jihad Era experts, shouting facts and figures at your podcasting device. What is it that makes Kantaris so repulsive that even the word of Blake can't compare? Kantaris was personal. These weren't distant cities being raised from orbit or population centers being wiped out by biological weapons. The coordinator banned the use of advanced weapons for executions he was present for, which meant people were being huddled in the street and beheaded with katanas. A true warning of what can happen when elite soldiers are turned on a defenseless population on the orders of an emotional madman. Do you want more lore? Like this for commercial break? Hate it? Have an idea for a lore event to include? Let us know on the WNRP Facebook page. This is Gideon signing off. And remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. Ladies and gentlemen, you are come. welcome back to WolfNet Radio Podcast. And we are definitely thankful for Charles Gideon for uh, giving us those awesome uh, timeline and, and deep space of uh, this this month in history. And uh, now moving along, I wanted to finish off the, the fiction with a little beef I had. I know, Aaron, you got plenty of beef. You got tons of stringy beef. But yeah, great A, great A beef. I just want a wow. little, little, little piece of beef here, just a little cube. Just like an <laughs> Iowa boy, think he needs all that in a bag of chips on Sunday. <laughs> you just got like a little. Uh, Why can't you? Cube of beef. Cube. A little beef, beef tip. Beef tip. Beef there you go. Tip. Beef tip. <laughs> there you go. Just call tip. sign. Beef Coach tip. is now beef tip. tip. Oh my god, that needs to be somebody's call sign. Oh shit. <laughs> beef tip. Oh, beef. that is that is a fucking fantastic call sign. Beef tip. How much do you miss the illustrations from novels? And why aren't they still being put in the writing? I'll let Andrew jump on this before I, I I do miss illustrations. Just just I mean, I know it's it's why? not asking a lot. Why do I, you, I, why I, do I think I I I think that the novels should have some illustrations like they did back in the day. I mean, when FASA was producing the novels, for the only reason that I look at my own situation and how I came that that how I came into the Battletech world is by reading the novels. And those illustrations help draw me in further. Hallelujah. And I think that 
every medium that Battletech has, there needs to be art. There, there had. I mean, you, you look at the the spectrum of art that Battletech is and has, and especially the new stuff. I mean, I don't know if anybody's if everybody saw the the everybody lost their mind because there wasn't a neural helmet. God forbid there's somebody flying a goddamn helicopter in a Battletech game. <laughs> then the, the art that just recently came out of what looks to be a pilot in a helicopter or some sort of atmospheric fighting, fighting machine, whatever, fighting a and a commando coming out of the trees. That was awesome artwork. I, I, did, I missed who... Who who drew it? But that was that was fantastic art. It I think it's imper- I think it's imperative that if you put out a book that could draw a person to our universe to our game, that you give that person. I I personally I enjoy the line art of Max out of the TROs. And to be able, we have enough TRO art. We have enough of that stuff out there where if you put in, you know, three or four or five mechs that are in the story at the end of the book, I think that goes a long ways. Personally, I think that goes a long ways. It Um, certainly helps a new customer, a new fan that's going to pick up a novel in the bookstore or online, it's going to say, oh, this is the first book I've picked up. It's probably not in the beginning of the entire lineage of history. What's going on? And they have that definition glossary. They have that illustration section of this mech that's in the story. This mech that's in, oh, I get I. All the otherwise, they read the story and they're like, "Okay, so an enforcer, what does that look like?" Okay, oh, it's in the back of the book. When you or, guys say illustrations, oh. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you. Right. When you say illustrations, do you mean like the pictures of the mech at the back of the book, or, or do both. you mean like both. the actual like both. both? You're talking about the illustrations, like at the end of a chapter or the beginning of a chapter, and then no, I'm talking. Uh, I'm strictly talking. Line art, TRO, units that are in the book, give a depiction of sure. 25%. 25% that is that what you're of the units about? that are in the book. That I would is like that what to see them about? at the end of the store, at the end of the book, after the glossary, because quite frankly, I think that's important as well. I mean, a lot of these books to start with, they had a glossary that I think, again, is important. It's Yes, is it more pages to the book? Yes, it is. But it's damn near cookie cutter, right? The glossary portion is is almost a cookie cutter piece. Yeah, no, I get that. Matt, are you talking about like the pictures like after some chapters and stuff like that also? I'm talking about both. Okay. When when I picked up a book and even even if I have the knowledge already and I look through and like I go to the bookshelf. I pick up a novel, and I open it up and I start reading it. After two or three chapters, there's an illustration like, "Oh, this is the illustration 
that the company has developed that says this is what the novelist is talking about. This gives you a pictogram, a visual representation of what they're talking about in the story, which is awesome. Even if it's not 100% accurate of the story, it at least gives you an idea of this is what they're talking about. This okay. is how they visualize their story for people who might not have the imagination to follow through. Okay, yeah, That's bull. That's where my mild beef is. <laughs> and in the back of the book, sometimes I have to be reminded that, hey, you're talking about a 120 millimeter autocannon. Okay. That's pretty big. I'll give you, I'll give you, I do, I do think that they should still at least some of the mechs that they mentioned in the book, I think they should have the, the, the line art or the TR, excuse me, the TRO image in the back. That's fantastic. That should be in there. I don't know why it's not. In fact, I think that's a huge drop of the ball for any editor or whatever. I mean, that's, that's simple. They have that art. It's just copy paste. Because right. that will facilitate them finding more on that, that gets you into the game. Life. I didn't know yeah. the I didn't know what the frick a, a Marauder was until I looked at the back of the book. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. and that's I'm, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's opens, where I'm at. I, I, get, I get what I get what Matt's saying, but to me, the bigger impact is the line art max at the end of the story or at the end of the book. And to tell you the I, truth. I don't want artists going into a, a paragraph and a half or a page and a half to describe what a centurion looks like. I'm like, I don't want that. That's that's bad writing. <laughs> and like if you're doing if you're doing that, don't do that. That's bad. Take but a to have illustrations at the end of a chapter, like I feel like if if, if the writer is not giving you that image in your own, I mean. Reading a book is supposed to conjure up imagination. It's supposed to. Um, I don't. I don't think you need to waste a back of a page to have to 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 hire an artist to draw an image of the battle that you just read about. Like, but but at the same time, but at the same time, I will. I read Lord of the Rings a couple of times before the movie came out. <laughs> Nerd. The movie Lord of the Rings depicted basically what I had pictured in my head. And it was almost... A, I almost enjoyed the books more because my evaluation of what the artist pictured was what others saw as well. Right? Sure. So I, I, have, I, have, I have the original art from... Assumption of Risk, one of my one of my probably my favorite book right now in the Battletech series. Natural, right, selection. right above Forever Faithful. You had Natural original. Selection. You have an. Original I have an original artwork. artwork from Liz Danforth given to me in 1998 um, when Liz Danforth and Mike Stackpole were at ValleyCon in Fargo when I lived there. She Jealous. signed it, wrote some very very awesome words on it. It is depicting a dropship with a Marauder two and a Battlemaster waiting to get loaded onto the dropship. That that's the picture. 
Super jealous. That that reaffirm. I mean, the reaffirmation of what the what the author is attempting to describe, and getting a picture depicting some scene throughout the book. Matt, I can I can agree with you to to a point that 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 can reaffirm and tie the reader more into the story that I am getting what the author is saying. I'm seeing what the author is trying to convey to me. I have a that, question. That, that's important. That, that is important. I have a specific question that goes along with that. What is the first Dragoon's book? Uh, Wolves on the Border. Wolves on the Border. Did the illustrations help you imagine that? No. Nope. I I just and I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong. It's just it's my opinion is that I don't think I need the depiction of an illustration of what I just read. I just and that's I, imag- fair. I imagined and that, that's it. Fair. I saw it in my head. Like and then a picture comes along, and I'm like Oh, that's not really how I imagine it. <laughs> you know, ah. to me, it kind of... the, the the only thing the only thing that I would say to the need to have a depiction is the whole concept around what is the size of a mech, right? There, there's a lot of conversation around. Well, it's twelve meters tall. It's three stories tall. It's five stories tall. It's there. There's a lot of range in how big a mech is, and when you can get a, a an artist's mind's view of here is a person, and here is the walking tank that they are piloting. I think that's important because uh, the scale I think can get lost. Um, do you think that there was an illustration on an assault mech, heavy mech, medium mech, light mech, tank? Do you think that illustration helps you depict how much difference in size there is from the different weight classes? The thing that I would need is, is, you know, here's a person, here's a two-story house. Once I see a two-story house, then I think it starts to really sink in how big these machines are. Maybe, maybe I'll elaborate. Don't have the guy that drew them in the 80s and the 90s. <laughs> like, that turned me out. Like, it, it was so cartoonish, and it was just, it ruined the story that I just read for me. When I saw that's those fair. illustrations, I was just like, no, dude, that's not what it looked like. And it was that's just fair. Like, Okay, so I still don't think they should be in there. I still think it should be up to the imagination of the reader. Now, at the end of the book, I think they should have some TRO pictures of some mechs, and that should be the end of it. But you know, that's that's my opinion, and I think I think that's about all further we can go on that. That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah, we so at the break (laughs) we were going to talk about our. 125 comment on bases. 
Our main in, discussion. Our main discussion. Yes. And oh, we, we're we're gonna work into the, like the hard beef, huh? Yes. Well, we're not gonna like mild it out. Here, here's here's the thing. I'm not even gonna try and hard beef it. I'm not I'm even good. gonna go. I'm good with it. I'm it's I'm not cold. even gonna go that deep into it. Other than <sighs> here, here's for BattleTech player for BattleTech players who have never played other tournament style war game games. There's there is specifications for bases. There are specification for units. There are spe the. There are there. There's a reason for these things, and the entire reason around it is, if you have never ran a big event, the whole idea of running an event at a tier one convention, be it Origins, Gen Cons, any of the Paxes, Dragon Con, Wolfnet Open, you Wolfnet uh, Open, uh, uh. you do <laughs> you do not want to have. Anything that gives an interpretation or advantage once you get to the game. Because you want to eliminate as many conflicts as you possibly can around rules interpret and interpretation. And the reason for having bases across the board, hordes, 40K, Edge of Sigmar, X-Wave. They all have a defined base. Now, cookie cutter. 1.25 inches, one and a quarter inches across is the standard hex size base. Booyah. We we found rules. Thank you, Tommy, who unfortunately couldn't be here with us because of uh, a Sibco issue. By the way, he's a great father. He, he, a phenomenal father. Well, phenomenal family. Just leave it at that. Um, found friend. that any unit with the large special is a two-inch area of of space. So the whole conversation around inch and a quarter, an inch, infantry, large. Look, we put these rules out with the idea that you would play the scenarios and not get tied down with how fucking big the goddamn base is. I apologize for to our listeners for cursing, but that is really how frustrated I am around the conversation around a goddamn base. And it's by an the inch way, and a quarter. This is end for, of story. I don't is, care whether you have to rebase, whether you have to spend a dollar twenty-five to cut your own base, or whether you want to spend a dollar to put your own base on. I don't care. It's a it's a tournament rule set. We have a premiere and we have a relaxed rule set. You can choose what you want, but if you come to a premiere event, if we as Wolfnet Radio Podcast are going to run a tournament at Gen Con, your units will need to be on an inch and a quarter inch base. Or any Just other one. End of story. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Oh no! Oh no! We just warp. <laughs> we just warp drive into fucking hard beef, baby. <laughs> you think so? Oh well, I I this, may have jumped. I I, was, I apologize. I jumped into the lake with two feet. I didn't. It just that well, conversation. Okay. I no, wanted to pull. I I I seriously, guys. I, I will be honest with you. I called I'm totally Aaron. I'm totally I called Aaron. I told him, I'm I'm almost done. I'm almost done with this whole fucking thing. 
because we've had a week long conversation around a base. <laughs> I to, up, to, to prelude, this is about the 350 <laughs> event. It's just we've been we've been working through and we have um, talking so, to patrons asking for good positive feedback. We've got a little bit of trolling. No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack this whole thing because you guys are you guys are putting us all okay. The prelude, the prelude. We uh, we went through two we went through two weeks of uh, a very very small limited number of playtesters for the 350, and got some good feedback. And but in a small play group, you're not going to get a lot of games in. No, and as I mentioned on the podcast. Uh, probably two months ago or whatever, or maybe it was last month. I said, we're going to do this for two weeks last month with a small group. And then we're going to open up to the WNRP Facebook group. And that's what I did. On um, Discord instead of the Facebook page. No, he opened it. On no, Facebook. I opened it on the Facebook. I opened it to everybody. I mean, we have, we have like 285 members on, on the WNRP Facebook page. Thank yeah. you for joining, by the way. Thank you for joining. Oh. We grew 60, over 60 people since Gen Con. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. We love you. And so um, I wanted, I mean, in order to, to get this thing as polished as a gem as it can be, I need a lot of players. And I trust everyone in the WNRP. It's been a great Facebook group. And um, you guys are awesome. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everyone right now, I have been like... The main driving the the rules guy. I've got I'm, I'm the anyway. There's a lot of stuff that I think all of us over missed is is and one is the psychology. And we've been talking a lot about psychology tonight. And psychology of a BattleTech player is something that I drastically underestimated. Now, when I say I underestimated it, I mean Battletech throughout its history has always been never a standardized game. They put out the rule books, they put out the, the, the compendiums and the TROs and this and that, but they leave a very large gray area for all Battletech players to fudge. Interpret. Interpret, yes. And in creating a standardized tournament format for BattleTech, specifically Alpha Strike, you need to what's the best term? You need to weed out. You need to weed out those home rules. The I do it this way. The um, it works but, for me. But, it should work Aaron, everywhere. But Aaron, we stated that. Before we even put the rules out, this is going to require a shift in mentality of the BattleTech user group and I people who play. That. that this is a different way of playing, but because of the standardized way you have to do things at a tier one event, right? And, and, two and you can't just like put a line item in a in a in a document and say, "Hey, we're going to change some stuff." And you're not going to probably, you know, it's not going to just instantly flip people's minds and going, but I do it this way. No, I get that, guys. Believe me. I get that 100%. Like, this is the way I play Battletech. 
I'm here to tell you that this may not be for everyone. That's fair. Like I'm a hundred percent saying that I'm not telling you like to change the way you play BattleTech, but I'm telling you that to get the- BattleTech to grow to the next level, to the to the premier event levels, to where every every major con there is a there is a 250 person waiting list for tickets to get some awesome swag to be the champion to be this there needs to be some standardization and it's not going to be always the way you play and we need to keep the battletech community good natured instead of winning at all costs right and 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 it's we're, we're, we're simply going to the basics. The way you play at home is not going to be the way you play at these tournaments. You can't measure from middle to middle. You can't. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I mean, <sighs> I don't know a polite way to say this. but So don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just let me finish. Just send it. Just let me go. Um. There are going to be some things. There are going to be some hard rules that you have to abide by, and it has to be in order to have a equal grounding. Uh, everyone's on the same footing tournament format, which you can't have a tournament format unless you have an equal footing for everyone. There needs to be some rules, and I know they they may sound like house rules, but if this thing's going to take off, they're going to have to be adopted now. This is why we're in the playtesting area. Like all comments, all criticisms should be met, and they, uh, hopefully they're going to be met with constructive criticism. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to look into that. Like it's, I can tell you that to dive into the hex space thing, it it was it was a gross mismanagement of of uh, communication. Uh, and basically what it was is people were like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And it is true in Battletech. There are like hundreds of different cases where it's like, well, I can't fit my tarantula on a quarter inch and a quarter base. Yeah, well, and, an alicorn doesn't fit on an inch and a quarter base either. Right. And neither does the super heavies and, 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 and this and that. And we're working through those problems. Like it, it is, it, it, there are so many it needs to be addressed, and we are trying to find the best possible way to do that. There are so many diversities in right. this game that we are trying to weed through to make a standardized, non-advantaged format, <laughs> and that everyone. And, and is- oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I'll apologize. I I, I have to apologize. I went on a rant in. Mm-hmm. I'm work. I, I have to. I have to take a step back and understand that I'm working from the premise that we've talked about this to the till our till till we're blue in the face. We being WNRP, Tommy, Matt, Aaron, and I, and we're we the four of us are really on the same page when it comes to what we're, what we're trying to accomplish that there are certain things that 
we've taken for granted because we're we are all on the same page that it really wasn't ever a discussion per se we just assumed that well yeah that's of course that's how it's going to play because that's how we do it and it makes the most sense to us so i apologize for my earlier statements i no, it's it's fine. No, I mean, I mean, hearing you guys talk about it, I've been sitting here thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what, I I need to take a step back. I need to also understand. I mean, this this goes back to the whole concept of, you know, some people find you know their enjoyment in the game is to break it, right. and some people's enjoyment is, you know, rules lawyering, and I get that. I'm to the point in my life where I don't get the opportunity to play as much as I'd like to. And when I do, I don't want to talk about things. I want, I want to roll dice and have fun. Right. And the idea around this whole 350 is to provide a way for people to meet and have fun in a, not necessarily in a controlled fashion, but in a way that allows all groups an equal opportunity to have success. Oh, am no. I, you're am wrong. I not it's, stating that? 100%. No, you're 100%. It is a controlled environment. It is so, absolutely a controlled environment. Like That's, that's, that's that, what that's the playtesting is create. doing. That, that's what we're trying to create right. is, is control the environment in such a way where everyone comes to the field more or less equal yes and it comes down to how Strategy. you play the game and of course the luck of the dice, dice how, how hot how hot your dice are yeah but we're, we're trying to give people the i mean it is 100 a controlled environment and that is that is the only way this works that's that's why we're doing the play testing that's why we're having I mean, I can't thank everyone enough for, uh, especially on the Discord and the Facebook. You guys are giving us tons of awesome information that we didn't even see. Like, to tell you the truth, I never even thought of this hex base thing. But it is a, it is something that needs to be addressed. It 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 is one hundred percent is because, yes, uh, uh, zone of control for a super heavy is way different than a regular mech. Uh, same as as one uh, uh, pro, uh, proto mech it, it does not have the same zone of control as a platoon of infantry. It's it's it's. I love the fact that it was brought up. It was just it went to like a little maybe too far um, instead of the oh okay yes that's something we will look at and and uh, and we believe me we have been talking about it to the nth degree and I think we have a little solution coming up but. Um, that's what playtesting is, um, and I, I, I thank all of you who are, are are inputting, playing out scenario. I mean, frankly, when I put this out to begin with, I thought it was like they're gonna they're gonna find all the bad things that going on with the scenarios. <laughs> Turns out it was hex bases, <laughs> but and we were hoping that it would be the scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that one's put to bed. Uh, everyone knows that that's on the on the back burner. Um, I know everyone's super excited to play test this stuff. Uh, it is it is exciting to be on the ground floor of something that could be huge for BattleTech, and I think it could be. I think it could be that 
next big step for Battletech. I mean, we already have the Kickstarter and it's huge and great. I think, I mean, not everybody wants a competitive format, but I think there are a lot of people that want a competitive format. And when I say competitive format, I mean both on a tier one scale and in a casual setting. Like this thing has dual purposes. Well, I mean, for instance, right? I mean, I met uh, Joe from Indiana from the Indianapolis group, or not Indianapolis, Indiana Alpha Strike group. Jeez, if we shout him out anymore, we might as well get him on the show. <laughs> he was in he was in Rochester. You know, this is a couple of weeks ago. We, we, we chatted about it on our group on our group page before. You know, as of late, and it was awesome in the fact that he was able to bring a 350 point army. I brought my 350 point army. We decided what we wanted to do, picked out 200 points, and we played. I was supposed to go to Virginia, Arlington, last week, and I had a couple of people lined up to to play there, and we were going to use the 350 as our format to play. That is, in in essence, what we're what we're trying to do here is be able to make a way for people to just say, Hey, I'm going to travel. I'm going to bring a 350 with, I'm going to be in San Diego in the next couple of days. Who's available to play. Let's meet at pizza hut or pizza ranch. I know nobody else has pizza ranch. It's a Midwest thing, but that gives, that gives people a way to meet and play and, and, and have this, a competitive format where you can have fun and and compete. It's Matt, I'm gonna call you out whenever we whenever <laughs> I come to Iowa before we had this 350 thing that we've been playing with. Well, what are we gonna do? 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 And he would throw 17 lists in a week for a Lance game. And Matt likes to do that. I have no problem with that. That's awesome. But now I come and I say, hey, we're going to play. bring your 350. I don't really yeah. care what he, what list he has because he has to par it down to what match we were going to play. And knowing that going in, I know because I have not – I don't know about you guys. I have not played a game yet that has not been competitive. I haven't either. The way we've set it up, the way the turn, the way that the missions and the scenarios play right now. I mean, I've I've played with my boy, and he's not tactically sound, but it's been competitive. Now I've tried some different things, of course, but it's been fun. He's enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it, and that, at the end of the day, is what we're after. Right? I, I am I speaking on a turn on that? No. Uh, generally, every every all the all the information I've gotten back from playtesters has been, holy crap, this is awesome! Like, no one. <laughs> in fact, uh, I can't remember who it was, and I'm. Oh, this is gonna kill me. He wrote on the Facebook page or or on the Discord. It's like I don't think I'm ever gonna play a non-objective game again for again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember seeing that one too. He's, I mean, at the end of the day, though, too, you have to you have to take into consideration. This is 
at a max 16 units. When you start talking BA as part of that, at most, you're talking $160 for, for an army. Mm-hmm. Age of Sigmar costs more than that. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna drop about that on X Wing too for a, a good competitive squad, but it's it's just it is it is very interesting to one have people go, dude, battle armor, dude, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> like like there's some guys out there. I think I saw a, a test game. It was uh they took like LRM infantry and yeah. dug in, and they're like. Yeah. Dude, for seven points, I did like four points of damage to an assault that got me a crit the next turn or something like that. It's um, objectives. I mean, the strategy play, the the mindset. It's not just okay. I'm going to set up over here. You set up over there, and let's just fight. You know, it's still in. It's still one of the scenarios. But I'm just saying, the the possibilities for this is endless. It it really is. And I'm, I'm just honest, loving I'm, all the feedback we're getting. I've got I've got a couple of guys that I've been talking to here, and I want to put together a website that will allow people to either search for a scenario or submit a scenario so that we can start building a library of objective-based scenarios for people to be able to play. Well, you're talking like season two and three. We're, we're well, not even on season one. It, I understand that. I get, no, we I, we got we to gotta have those plans in place. That I always wanted to be fresh. With, I, with and, the idea that this thing is going to happen. And, and, to tell, quite, and to tell you, quite frankly, here's the deal. I think I can honestly say WNRP is going to hold a, a, a 350 Alpha Strike tournament next year at Gen Con. Oh, Whether... Sure. Catalyst sponsors it or not, we're going to hold a tournament. Oh, for sure. Um, and in fact, before then, I would really like to get something together either this winter. Uh, and I want to. I want to get. I want to get twelve people. I want to do it. I want to do a twelve-person Alpha Strike tournament. Whether it's in well, Minneapolis, we can that at the store. I can. I can help. We can help make that happen. Or, or we do it here, or we do it somewhere. But uh, we're gonna. And we're gonna live stream that baby all day. We're gonna well, we have do it there. We do it here, I guess. We're, we're gonna do the whole thing. The yeah, we're gonna we're gonna live stream it, and we're gonna show you guys what a BattleTech tournament should be like. So it's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited. Um, everybody out there who's listening, uh, if you don't know about the 350, you can check it out. Uh, all the files are on the uh, they're on the Discord channel. So if you're oh, not on the on Discord Facebook channel, page. please you be on go that. to the Facebook page to get to the Discord channel. But you can, yeah, if you if you, if you get the WNRP Facebook channel, uh, Facebook page, uh, there's a link to the Discord channel. I also have, uh, I believe, I have the Google Doc and the templates PDF on the files in the Facebook page as well. But, uh, you know what? I will. I will hear by the end of the week. I will make all of that available on WolfStreetDunes.com as well. There you go. Um, but yeah, guys, keep getting the games in. Keep testing some stuff out. 
little little tip i need uh, i need a lot more information on convoy king of the hill capture the flag uh, those are the big three domination i think is fine stand-up fight is all right uh that's yeah, we'll play i played a lot of stand-up fight that one yeah that one's solid and and to tell you the truth this even the stand-up fight at 200 points is interesting when you can take can when you can only take 200 points out of your 350 points it's it's very very interesting oh we should matt you should pin a uh pin for one segment what are you finding as well, may, and maybe we don't want to talk about it maybe maybe you want to leave it open for interpretation no what are you finding works for your 350 mm. how, do, how are mm. what's your what how are you building it let's do it right now gem of the week what's your gem of the week andrew or i'll, I'll go first because i know what my gem of the week is go guys is the night wolf <laughs> Dude, send you one, huh? Dude, yes, yes. And assault, for those of you who are listening who are on the WNRP, uh, the Wolfnet Regiment, uh, I am changing my Marauder out for Night Wolf. (laughs) Oh my Uh, God! Really? God? God. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Guys, stats are six five four, I believe. It's got everything. It's got armor. It's got the jumps. It's got the movement. the one thing I have found is it's got heat one. I can't stress it enough. Heat in Alpha Strike. I just got my ass kicked by it the other night. Heat is a thing. Good job, Tommy. Plasma cannons are a thing. Yeah. So um, we my have, gem, my gem we, of the we week. Have, we have put in, and I, ha- I have been in conversation with folks on uh, the forum about there is a need for a change regarding heat and how the rules are written in alpha strike commander's edition um we did find a couple of units where no damage was dealt at long range but it did deal two points of heat the way the rules are currently written if you cannot deal damage, you cannot deal heat. So the hopefully, I, I will need to follow up, but we are trying to get some errata written, um, specifically around, what is it, the Phoenix Hawks 2C6, yeah. I believe? Yeah, that son of a bitch. It jumps a long ways, it throws long-range heat, and it deals enough in like two turns to shut you down. So right. we, we, we are working on getting some errata done around that. Um, I, I guess, Aaron, more to the point was, is I think for me, I've, I've built my 350 around a core three mechs, um, totaling right around 150 points. Yeah. And leaving that last 50. For battle armor and VTOLs. For VTOL's armor. But we're uh, not discussing 350 strategies. We're doing gems of the week, baby. Gems gem, gem, of the week. Gem of the week. week, week, week. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm a, okay. Gem so while, while I rattle gem off week, these, while I rattle week. off these gorgeous stats of this Nightwolf standard, get it you off. guys can find your gems of the week. Get it off. Guys, Nightwolf standard. PV, 50 points. It's 50 points points at pile skill four 
Most of my gems have been My 50. gem of the week. Shut up. I'm still going through stats. All my gems have been 50 points. <laughs> uh, it's, got, it's got a movement Selective. of AJ, TMM of Excellent. one, size four, short range damage six, medium range damage five, long range damage two. It's got a ton of armor, ton of structure, AMS case, ECM, and heat one, one, one. All right, hold on. Guys, that okay. ECM oh, is going to come in boss I got when you run better. into that C3. You need some fast battle armor. Fast oh, battle armor. Better. Hold on. Hold on. I got one better. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Hold on. Here we go. Are you going to do Here. it? Here we go. Cobalt, Cobalt Battle Armor 2C. That's the Cobalt Battle Armor 2C, for those of you who couldn't hear. Movement 12 VTOL. Did you that just relate to a two-seam light, light ECM, a light tag, mechanized, and, oh, hold on, stealth. You Fuck have me. battle armor that you don't need transport for. It's dumb. It's dumb, guys. 18 points. Did you just two-see a vehicle or a vehicle? <laughs> two-see to battle armor. Two-see to battle armor. I, I will rest my case at this point because it, I believe I have tops when it comes to gem of the week. It's, it's going, going on the band, band, band list, list, list. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what Andrew is like when he puts a two C B A down. That's he's like trying bringing, to win. That's what he's like, trying, that's like he's trying to win. <laughs> That's like bringing a BMW to a used car and saying it's going to beat all the gremlins. Matt, what do you got for gem of the week? Annihilators. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Guys, I apologize. That son of a bitch put two of them against me last week. Which one? Because the Godzilla is rendered non-takeable. 2C. The the. The, okay. Uh, excuse me. The C two annihilator C two. All right. Let's see what the stats are on that bad boy. You've got the annihilator C two. It's a mousta. It and is it's standard, so it's it's good. It's good to go. Baby has a zero TMM. Yeah. I, I didn't stutter. stutter. That's a zero. It doesn't need to move. It just shoots. It moves, it moves. It moves eight eight. It moves four inches, has a seven, eight, eight. Almost as much armor as it has structure. Nine, nine armor, eight structure. It just shoots stuff. Remember remember that day when I said I'm just going to bring like an over big problem that we're going to have to deal with? Just to be I played bunkers against him with that son of a bitch. Comes in at a whopping 60 points at a pile of skill four. Yeah. That was when that's we were gonna, talking. That's going to cost you to get that baby down to a three. I'm just going to let you know. Well, we were talking about extremes. You want like really light and you want really heavy. I went really heavy that day. You See went extremely heavy. And we lost sight of the objective. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you like, did. I'm going to break everything that comes across. Oh, you got the objective. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Well, you've got the, you got the knowledge for the info, uh, the gems of the week from... All Holy three of us. Jesus. 
That thing costs 72 points at a skill three. Worth it. <laughs> you can fit two VTOLs and three battle armor in there. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, Di- don't small don't get close. There. Don't get close to that thing in domination. Pro tip. But, but here's the thing: if you're on the board, you're within long range, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, reach out and not touch you diagonally, but close. Yes, I, I will touch you. <laughs> you will be touched. One night dice. So yeah, that's, that's all right, cool. Matt. So some of those smaller things happening. Uh, I'm going to throw some uh, shout outs to uh, Harlan Nile. Um, he says his uh, 350 combined arms idea has really got the juices flowing for force building. So our 350 force idea has gotten some of the juices flowing. That's that's encouraging. Kudos to you. All right. Aaron, you got a shout out? Um, I am going to shout out David Elsinger. Um, now, probably the, the, the institution, the, the catalyst of the, the hex space conversation, but, um, brought up a super, I mean, he brought up a topic that I would have never even thought of. So I just want to shout him out to that, that, uh, uh, big thanks to you, buddy. Um, he's given me a lot of information. He's actually super excited about this 350 because he tried to do a competitive, Battletech events at his local store, and they've been kind of failing. And he thinks this is a winner. So um, he's been trying to uh, get out of classic and get into Alpha Strike. So that's yeah, good yeah. that he can start using TMM dice and uh, get into some Alpha Strike to see what it's like to run that version of the game for fun. Yeah, big big shout out to him. I, I just want to let you know that uh, your your intellect is not going unheard. So uh, I, I really appreciate everything you've been uh, saying. Second one is out to Ray Arista. Yeah. Um, That's big news this week, yeah. Yeah, and how we didn't cover that tonight, I don't know. But um, uh, Brent, you suck. Ray, you're awesome. Uh, hopefully. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Well, come on. I mean, unless he got a, did Brent get a freaking pay, pay raise? I mean, is he, is he now head head honcho or or? Hang on, we don't we don't know that we don't know the details. Hold on, we're gonna extend this just a little bit. Let's take a step back and think about what's going on, right? They have a lot of just happened. There is in the fire. I gotta get another beer for this. A lot hey, of I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, okay? And I apologize. <laughs> I apologize now. There is quite literally a fuck ton of art that needs to get done, according to the Kickstarter. And, and I cannot think of development of not think of yep. a better person at this point to make sure that it is done <laughs> right, correct, and fits in line with where they want to go than Brett Evans. To that, or or in the same breath, Ray has been a part of this group for years. I have had a great working relationship with Ray. Um, I have every confidence that Ray is going to continue the good works that that Brent has that that Brent has shown us. Um, and I I can't 
I can't have but good thoughts and and good anticipation of what what what's to come. I I, I completely understand the the change and the need for for Brent to shift. Um, I want to I want to take this this time to say thank you to Brent um, for yeah. the for the two years that he was at the helm. Everything he said he was going to do, he did. Um, that is a change as far as BattleTech goes, and I I, I I completely appreciate and want to say thank you for the work that he has done um, in in moving the game line forward. Um, to that, Ray, I, I sincerely hope that we're able to continue the momentum that Brent has done for us or, or for the game. I know that he's up to the task and that he will reach out if he needs any help to make sure that we continue to move forward. So I, again, I've had a great working relationship with Ray already on some different things. Um, I have every confidence that, that, the move is correct for the things that are going on for catalyst right now. That being said, it's always a worry when a change like this happens. It's catalyst. Time. <laughs> but Ray's been in the position of, of an assistant line director. He has been a part of all of the things that are going on for a number of years already. Um, I, I think things will be okay. It's always a surprise when something like that happens, hey, but we're, we're good. I, we're going to get it straight from the horse's mouth both ways. we got Ray and Brent scheduled to be guests on this show. So we do, we do. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm hope. So here's the, here's the deal. Blaine, if you're listening, you, you told me if I'm not mistaken, you retire the 18th, so you ain't got shit to do now. <laughs> so you're going to be on this goddamn show. <laughs> Drinking beer and talking to us. Drinking beer and talking smart and having some fun with some battle tech. It'll be an extra long show, hopefully. Cool. To that, I have also gotten com uh, I got commitments from, from Brent, and I got a commitment, I believe, from Ray that they would also join us on the show. Um, with the Kickstarter and all the things that are going on, I'm trying to give um, Brent and Ray a little time to transition. No, transition no, have some time. But theater to the coals, boys. You're being on the show, it, Blaine. You better be ready next month. Oh, Blaine will. Blaine will. Match. He's right? fine. Um. Anyway, I, I soapbox. Call it what you want. I'm I'm excited for where we're going. I'm excited for the things that have happened. I completely understand and see the reason for the changes that have occurred um, and have every confidence that the momentum that we have will be maintained um, going we'll, forward. We'll find out. It's not even a we'll find out. It it will be. It it, it has to be. We're, we're on an upswing. We <laughs> it has it. to be. We need to keep pushing forward. Andrew, did you have any shout-outs, or was that your shout-out? My shout-out shout is, to be honest with you, my shout-out is to all those that are coming out with new podcasts or new YouTube 
to me YouTube channels. Um, that's so generous of you, Andrew. To me, I mean, I've it has, it has nothing to do with generosity. <laughs> I mean, we started this whole thing with trying to bring community in to promote the game, and we're seeing some of our WNRP members attempting to do their own podcast or do their own YouTube channel. Are they? We fully support all they of are. them they are. and what they're trying to do. Um, do we know of them? Yes. I don't know their names off the top of my head. I apologize. I know that there's a two or three for sure. Well, let's plug them now. Some have done, uh, one gentleman did a, I don't know his name, but it, <clears throat> he did a, uh, a box set opening and a very brief semi-knowledge. Well, if you don't know his name, then it's not going to help. <laughs> well, maybe we'll, get it, we'll get it next time. Thing. I'll get it next time. I, I apologize. I just, I've been sitting here thinking about what my shout out was going to be and with the Kickstarter that's going on and all the, the good press that's happening with Battletech, I, you know, we've talked about it within our group that, hey, we're going to have some new people that are going to be coming up and instead of competing or being anxious about whether they're going to steal listeners or not. Are they? <laughs> I don't care. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care. If I they do, they do great. They're doing something better than we are. And that, quite frankly, moves the game forward. And that's what we need. So if they can um, do better, they should bring it. They should exactly. do better. Well, then I think it's a good time to plug our new tagline. The number one voice in Battletech. <laughs> I like it, Aaron. I like it. Where, where were you earlier? I like it. Oh, you know, I was getting another beer. Outro! <laughs> so I had, a, I had a shout out for... Uh, oh. What? Oh. I had a shout out for uh, OCX Games and Comics. I'm going to be buying some more uh, starter sets because I just gave out my only set from Gen Con to my nephew for his birthday. <clears throat> so, oh, hey, what the apology or not apologies, but sadness in the news of game stores. Mm, Who's the mm, store that closed? Yes, mm, Aaron, you know these guys. Share the news. Um, for any of you listening in the Omaha area, um, Omaha, Nebraska, that is. Um, sad news, uh, Sparta Games. Is closing their doors. Where we game? Um, where we game? Where they used to game, which is so sad because like they had such pride in every single time you mentioned Sparta Games, and they're like, "Where we game?" And I was like, "It it was it was meant to be a jab at me. I know it was, but um, now I feel sad because I don't know where they're gonna game now." <laughs> so and they all have t-shirts <laughs> so, so so that being said um we need to make sure that everybody uh supports our local game uh yes game. holy balls find the local game store <clears throat> find the local game store people and support them in any way that you can buy your paint buy your brushes buy a book buy buy, buy, every, buy everything you can. And, and chips right when you show up to play, buy a soda, buy a bag of chips. Do I know? I know it sounds minuscule, but like literally, anytime you walk into a game store and you just browse, and then you walk out, 
like a little bit of a game store owner's soul dies. <laughs> and so, as much money as I can whenever I come to your store. Even, even if it's even if buy. it's a Coca-Cola or whatever they like, even if it's a freaking candy four dollar, you know, pack of, of card sleeves or something like that. Uh, anything you can do, guys, we're we're a dying breed. And if you don't have a game store, you don't have a place to game. So, and if your game store is having troubles, tie them into mainstream uh, distributors so they can get the products that you need. If if you need something at your game store that they don't have, tell them to go get a distributor to get yeah. what you need. One hundred percent. One of one of the things. Ironwood Metals, or yeah, I wanted to bring that up. So Ironwood Metals Alliance, Aaron, you could probably speak more to this. Um, put out there how do how do you get how do you get in touch with Iron Winds and how do you get to the uh, point of being able to order for Iron Winds? It's actually really really easy. Um, it's just you got to you got to judge on the procrastination levels of your game store owner, and uh, if it's really high, then you know <laughs> yeah. email them a lot. Email them a lot, or just just start a podcast with them, and then they can just ridicule you every day on Facebook because that works too. Oh, Aaron, when are you getting ready to be order some shit? Because I got. I'll, order. I'll take orders right now. I just. Right. I need a starter box set, sixty dollar, and I need a ton of iron. Well, well, now hold on, hold on, just just a little, just a little clarification. Um, Iron Winds does not sell the box the starter box or the beginner box have you contacted catalyst to get on their list or i've i've they've, they've got a restock alliance should have every store should be able to to order the beginner box and the and the the game of armor combat so through your multiple distributors we can you can order multiple different locations to get what you need through that <laughs> Basically, all it winds down to is, guys, it sounds fun to have a game store, be a game store owner. It's super not. So, I mean, I don't want to discourage you, but. Hey, I got a, I got another shout out. <laughs> ben Flacchio. He's, uh, he's <laughs> one of our WNRP members. I did an exchange with him. He set me up with those aluminum dice. I sent him, uh, I sent him some stuff. And he turned around and sent me some more dice. Ooh, like quantities. Shout out to uh, to the so, guy who sent Andrew two pairs of red with black. That's Ben. That's ben. That's ben. I uh, have I have more than two pair now. Shout out, buddy, because uh, I, like, I, I know I know you sent him two of those sets, so uh, one of those was mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, all you fans out there, we need a MechWarrior slogan. And that is another challenge, if you uh, if you so want to meet a it. Mech Warrior slogan. That's right. Tommy had a good example. He says, "Mech Warrior necessities: hobby, liquor, food." Got it. <laughs> I thought it was just woof, woof. No, that's Andrew. Oh, that's, oh, that's just Andrew. <laughs> Come here, little one. Talk to him. So, on that note, um, 
If you have any comments, concerns, squabbles, um, suggestions, gobbles, requests, globules, globules, <laughs> or a shot needed to be taken, you can find us at Wolfnet Radio Facebook page. Or Andrew, what's your site? WNRP at WolfStreetGoons.com, or I also run the website WolfStreetGoons.com. So my my little dog, she's she's trying to get my tagline down. Already. Trying to get a tagline in. I'm sorry. Well, BattleTech fans, this has been an interesting evening. So uh, <laughs> we have a have a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow. And uh, Try not to hold it against us. Keep that cooling vest on. <laughs> she's, she's trying to sign me off. She's trying to sign me off. Woof. What? Woof. Come on. Do it, Andrew. Come on. Come Do it, Andrew. Andrew, it's your turn. Do it. Oh, I'm trying to get my dog to bark. Do it. Woof. There you go. <laughs> Tommy says woof too. All right. <laughs> we can't all say woof. That's my deal, man. Don't steal my shit. Right? Matt says harumph. <laughs>